This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, I got I to apologize to Rudy here because we, we have, I have a new uh, computer. Mm-hmm. And if I get w- even close to that little X, it just takes me off the screen. Sure. So I got to make sure that I can't get anywhere near that during the show from <laughs> now on. It's like, settle down for Christ's sake. Relax. Now, that, well, you know, what was it? A, a couple of days ago, I think you brought up the fact that Dave Coulier was going to call in maybe, mm-hmm. but you didn't know for sure. Yeah, the writers, or the uh, SAG strike was kind of, we were on the fence up until the last minute. Oh, yeah. When yeah. we were yeah. like, oh, by the way, he can still do this, but I don't know if there was, you know, if they still had time because maybe, I don't for whatever reason, you know, I guess he was allowed to do it, maybe only because it's audio, not. Or maybe because he's it's stand-up. Like, yeah, it's something to, you know, because yeah, even Kristen true. said you can still yep. do voiceover commercial, you can't do right. acting. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, I imagine they must have given him the green light because it's a podcast. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's wild. I guess, like, um, they had the Oppenheimer premiere and they moved it up a whole hour so they could walk the red carpet before the strike was announced. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, really? And then they, uh, the director gave all the actors the green light to leave after the, you know, they walked through the, the, did the red carpet because he didn't want them to cross the picket line. So they left, didn't even watch the show. And I have to think that a lot of those actors were probably relieved to not have to do those, uh, the, the hotel, uh, you know, where you have to do constant. The press junket? Yes, yeah. the press junket. Well, so, you know, they're kind of like, thank God, especially the bigger ones. Sure. Uh, but I imagine there's somebody in that group that this is their first major motion picture, oh, and sure. you are super excited. They fly all the way to, where was it, Cannes or Con or whatever? Yeah. They I imagine it'd be something cool. And all of a sudden, you're about to walk that red carpet and go see your big premiere. You're up there, and you're up there with Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. And then they're like, hey, by the way, we're all going to Denny's. You're like, what? I know. That <laughs> what seems, happened? Doesn't that seem like, Rudy, that's something that you would say? You'd be like, yeah, I was all lined up to do it. And then the writers started. Absolutely. Yes. That <laughs> like, is the, the bane of my existence. Things yes. like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. That's so great that you... you did you always know where that audio was, or did you just find it today? No, I knew where it was. I just it's that's terrific audio. It's kind of corny because I know it was uh, for my birthday. It is. It's silly, and I was corny. made it. I made it so long ago, and I I just I kept it forever for me. And then I wasn't gonna say something, and then I did at the end because I just I saw I found the photo. Yeah, I thought it was terrific. Well, that's the thing about nowadays is that you know, like my when my grand. Parent, oh, my grandfather passed away. There's no video. There's no nothing. Oh, yeah. just, there's pictures yeah. and that's it. But there's hundreds of thousands of hours of all of us with videos and TikToks and yeah. you know, Instagram and YouTube. I mean, all of our memories, our children's grandchildren's grandchildren will be able to look at videos of us and be like, hey, that was, you know, that was the old man. Indeed. God, that, I, man, that, that cheered me up so much working with Dave again for just eight minutes. Mm-hmm. It just... What a man. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Perfect weather makes us want to be healthier. Hmm. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It just reminds me that, who was it, Robert De Niro, I think. He's making out with a woman on a couch, and he goes to take his shirt off, and he takes his shirt off, and he goes, I should probably do more sit-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, because it's like, 
uh, did you like the aftermath? Like this is years and years of me not working out. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but again, I, perfect weather. You want to take your shirt off, but you can't because you got to do some sit-ups, right? Were you ever a type that just took your shirt off immediately? Like no. there are. Were you a guy that took your no? No, even the best shape of my life. I, no, I hate it. I, it feels weird. And I agree. I, it feels like people just want attention. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I agree with that 100%. That's an attention seeker. There's no question about that. But it's just, uh, I don't know. But, but this the way he delivered, the look that, that he had on his face. You know, he is one hell of an actor. You can't take it away from him. Mm-hmm. He's a pain in the ass as a human being, but he's a great actor. Yeah. But when he's, I should do some sit-ups. I should probably have <laughs> eaten healthy for the last 30 years and done yeah, some sit-ups. Well, that's exactly it, too. It was like a 30-year problem, and you're going to try to get over it now. Should I do some now quickly? Will that help? <laughs> uh, there are a lot of... Stuff on the uh, on the strike today in the news. Now Hollywood actors are part of the strike too, and everybody's part of the strike too. Uh, voiceover part of the strike? Commercial voiceover is not. I didn't think but so. But voice yeah. acting. You, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do any sort of animation. Um, God, I did a couple. Do you ever do animation? A little bit here and there. Yeah, I was yeah. the voice of uh, an, a character called Tiger Moth. He was a part. It was a very short-lived series. It was mostly online. I think it ran a couple of times on Cartoon Network, but it was a uh, the main character's was named uh, Kung Pao was his name, and it was like a bug. It was like a superhero bug. And he was I, named after chicken. Yeah, Kung Pao Kung chicken. Pao chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty delicious. Yeah. Oh God, yes. And uh, yeah, their biggest nemesis was uh, the Afed Boys. You don't want to mess with them Afed Boys. And wh- who did the you Aphids? voice? Kung Pao? Uh, no, I was uh, I was his sidekick, Tiger Moth. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was great. But it was one of those things where my daughter watched and was like, okay, next. <laughs> I don't like, care that it's your voice. Like, yeah. Actually, like, that might just take her out of it. Like, if you're in, you know, suspended animation kind of feeling of yeah. a show, and then your dad's voice shows up in it, you, they, if you have a, that might... They might not like that. No, and it's funny because at least Tom has the one under his belt. Because what was it, Kraft Mac and Cheese, the Monsters, Monsters Inc.? Inc.? Oh, Monsters Inc. It's the yeah. only one my kids ever cared yeah. about. Yeah, because I did a uh, voice of uh, like a Discovery Kids. There was like a short-lived, oh, sure. yeah, a thing that Discovery Channel was doing for kids, and it'd be like all about pygmy marmosets. And I'd play the voice, and then my daughter was watching it one day, and I remember us in the kitchen like, cooking eggs in my boxers, and then she's watching the TV, and then looking at me, and looking back at the TV, going. Is it the guy who's in his undies right now cooking some eggs? That's the guy who's voicing? I was like, that's pretty cool, huh? She's like, anyway, where's the remote? <laughs> I got to go. Yeah, exactly. That's so Ooh. funny. Speaking of got to go, we do have to go because we have, of course, Phil Mackey and Kent Herbeck up right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Boating season is here, and many of you will be hauling a boat to the lake this summer. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we encourage you to keep yourself and others safe by obeying the laws of the lakes. Keep in mind that children 10 and under are required to wear a life jacket at all times. It's also good to make sure everything on the boat is in working order before heading out into the water. Alcohol causes thousands of boating injuries every year. Remember that the captain is responsible for the crew and cannot be over the legal limit. And please, not only be aware of other boats in the water, but keep an eye out for water skiers, tubers, and jet skiers. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please do your part to keep yourself and others safe on the lakes this summer. You can find Mike Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant and at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. Working hard going farther with Mike Bryant on your side. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant.
There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Two Minnesota legends now joining us, of course. Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck Sports brought to you exclusively by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda and the legendary Phil Mackey, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I have to say. Wow. Wow. Do you guys see, by the way, uh, Kent can't see this, but you guys can see on the screen here. This is a vintage 1987 Twins Metrodome Stadium Cup right here. World Series. World Series. 36-year-old cup. That's what I'm saying. Still holding (laughs) up here. Yeah. Wow. That's that's impressive. What, that she can do math? Put a lot of beer in here. A lot of beer in here, Herbie. You can put... uh, Couple pints at least. Mm-hmm. I was just telling Kent that my daughter went to a uh, like a garage sale and she came back and there was a bunch of baseball cards she had bought that were wrapped in cellophane and she goes, Aww. she goes, I wanted to get this for you because the guy on the, the top card has a jersey that says Minnesota. It was Ken Herbeck. Wow, <laughs> son of a gun. Herbie was pretty impressed that he made it all the way to a garage sale. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in a garage. I had a friend one time here. God, it was a couple years ago already. Said I was in a store and I found a. I was in an antique store and I found your baseball card. Said, oh, that's, <laughs> that's comforting. The antique store. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know when you when you show up on antique store dusty shelves uh, makes you reflect on your life. Yes. <laughs> I love right. you that. Start, you start knocking the dust off yourself. <laughs> I got to get around to that sooner or later. You know. Yeah. Knocking the dust off myself. Hey, no. maybe the twins should knock the dust off their bats. Hi what do you think of that reference, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Kent, what are we going to do so about the hitting? We've got to do something different. Yeah, what do we got to do? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm wondering what kind of meeting they're going to have here before they start the season off again or start the second half. 
Uh, yeah, something's definitely got to change because they're starting to twirl in the wrong direction. Um, you know what? We're we're a half game out of first. How many times have the Twins been a half game out of first place halfway through the season? You know, not. I don't think we can sit and look at our record right now. You got to look at the position you're in, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, go from there. I mean, I know I, there's many times at All Star break I, when I was playing. Back in the antique days, uh, <laughs> antique. where where we were, you know, fifteen games out already, had no prayer. Uh, these guys got these guys have a prayer. I mean, they're they're in the fight to win the division. That's what you got to do first, and well, then you go yeah. from there. Pitching's damn good. Uh, I think the pitching. Oh well, yeah. their pitching is like number one. There's yep. nothing many, you know, as far as uh, you know, all kinds of different all this war stuff and all that kind of crap that they figure out now, which I have no clue what half of it is. <laughs> right. Uh, but they're number one, apparently. Um, and to have a, you know, when you go into the playoffs, if you make the playoffs, what everybody says is you got to have pitching. Well, we got that. But we need, we, we can't, we can't win games zero to minus one. You have to get, <laughs> you have to get a run. <laughs> We should invent the minus one. I like that. It's a great call. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I've always been an offensive guy myself, being I played, you know, I wasn't a pitcher, but, you know, they always talked about pitching is what makes your club, and I think it does, but well, you still have to have some offense, and we're proving out this year that you got a number one pitching staff and you're, you're playing 500 baseball, that there's, there's something that's amiss there, and, they definitely have to pick up the bats. They have to figure out something. I don't know if they're going to minor leagues and move some guys up or what. Or, you know, haven't heard of any big moves at all. We'll see if they're going to go status quo here and at the start of the, the second half here. But uh, we will find out. I just, if, if you had Kent Herbeck referencing wins above replacement as a stat on today's show, <laughs> then uh, check the box. You have... You have won. What, That's great. What is wins above replacement? Does that mean if you, if they replace you and they win more games, then you're out? Pretty yeah, pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, actually it's funny. I actually pulled up uh, Ken Herbeck's statistical page here. They did go back on Fangraphs.com and they track wins above replacement for all historical players as well. And so I can tell you that according to uh, the Internet Stat Nerds. You were worth thirty-eight wins above replacement, Herbie, in your career. It's pretty. That's pretty what damn is, good. What? What? Yeah. What is good and what is bad? I have no clue. Well, if you're below replacement, that would be bad. I would think because that sure. means they could uh, <laughs> replace you with anybody. But uh, um, yeah, I think you know. like t- here's a question I have actually because you you talk about what's the meeting going to be like? You know, going into the second half of the season, and they had it's like two weeks ago now. And they had kind of a closed door players meeting, and it and it was decided that the players were going to lead the hitting meetings before the games, and the coaches would sort of supplement information. What I almost feel like in today's baseball, there's there's almost too much information to disseminate. I mean, there's mm-hmm. anything you could get your hands on, right? At what point do you just see the ball, hit the ball when you're struggling like this, Herbie? Um. We had a couple of those come to Jesus meetings ourselves in the clubhouse, um, where we kind of we'd actually 
yeah, players only. We just kind of go around the room and, and get everybody's thoughts. You know, what what do we need to do? You know, does this guy need to, does Dan Gladden need to quit beating up Steve Lombardozzi? <laughs> <laughs> only Let's, on this show would you hear that. Let's pull the room. Show of hands. Does Dan need to stop punching Steve? Anybody? I'm, I'm with you, pal. I'm with you. Um, no, but, that, you know, we, we just tried to, you know, see what was on everybody's mind and see what, you know, uh, you know, are you doing, are you doing enough of this? Or are you, and, and it never came down to, you know, are you staying out too late or this or that? It was, you know, let's, uh, let's try to, let's try to concentrate on what we're doing on the field and, and, uh, you know, take care of your own house. I was always, people always ask me about our pitching staff or, you know, what, who do you think should be playing right field or, who do you like at second base? You know, my my answer was always, I play first base. Let me worry about what I have to do there and do my job instead of worrying about somebody else. And I think that's the way, I don't care any job you got. Um, worry about what you have. Take care of your house and things will be, be, will be good. Take care sure. of where you play. And don't worry about everybody else because that's not your position. Do your job at where you're at and... Uh, you know, hopefully everybody else takes that same initiative and, and plays plays the game instead of worrying about what other guys are doing. And maybe everybody's worrying about everybody else too much instead of doing, about doing their own job. I don't know. And there's a way you can lead and a way you, as far as you know, being a leader, they say this guy's a good leader, this and that. I think that you know you lead by example, of course, but uh, you know you, you can't. You can't be stepping on somebody else. I can't be telling the shortstop how to play because I don't play shortstop. Right. Although pace. that would be fun to go watch. Like oh. in the 90s, hey. Ken Herbeck. I yeah. love hey, it. Hey, wait a minute now. I used to play shortstop when I was a lot younger. This was before I was an antique. <laughs> what are you, 11, I think, weren't you? Uh, I played shortstop up until I was 16 years old. I was yeah. a shortstop and a pitcher. There you go. Pitcher, too. Yeah, well, they yeah they threw me over at first base because a kid that was playing first base in high school got hurt. And they said, "Can you play first? I said, "Uh, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> and we had I feel like, like every major leaguer started at a better like at, at like a premium shortstop position. It's very rare that you were like a right fielder in fifth grade and made the major leagues. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're gonna no, hide, I, we're gonna hide this kid too. over here. There was a kid that played shortstop. His name was Marty Peterson. was a great uh, friend of mine, and he played shortstop. He was a year older than I was, and I was playing shortstop. And my coach Buster Radebach at uh, Kennedy High School said, "Have you ever played first? And I said, "No, not really." He says, "Well, we're going to try you over there." They put the catcher's gear on me, <laughs> stuck me over at first base, and started throwing balls at me at first base. And, you know, throwing balls in the dirt and working around the first base bag. And that's how he became a first baseman. And I didn't I didn't move after that. I, I was a first baseman in high school, first baseman and pitched. But uh, that's how I made the move because the kid that was playing shortstop that was a year older than me was a better shortstop. So they moved me over to first and... It was kind of a good move, I think, for them, for myself. But I didn't yeah, know it, was, it was worth 38 wins above replacement in the major leagues. Pretty good. <laughs> My war was better, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I think I think as far as the team, you know, getting together and meeting like that, just make sure you concentrate on what you got, what your job is, and don't worry about anybody else's. And I think, 
you know, things things will seem to work better that way. I don't know. That's, That's just good life advice. Pretty much. <laughs> I think that'll get you a long way in anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah, just yeah. stay in your lane. Don't about everybody else's problems or fantasies or whatever. They say in the military, they always go head and eyes forward. So just concentrate on Ooh. your thing. I yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it, it, so it, it probably, I don't know if it, if, it, if it helps or hurts, but uh, when you have the owner of the team, so Joe Polad is now the third generation, you know, Polad uh, daily operator here. And in the right. Star Tribune a couple days ago, Jim Suhan kind of he kind of led led up to the to the quote by saying you know almost four decades of pull out ownership and a lot of patience right patience with uh some of the losing in the 90s they, they don't just go firing people left and right and so suhan asked joe hey are you going to be as patient as maybe some of the other pull out generations and he he apparently paused hesitated and said well uh I am preaching urgency, so I guess we'll we'll have to see in the second half of the season. Oh, I love that. So I don't that. know if it was like a like a strategic thing to kind love of put it. that out there to light a fire when the owner of the team is saying, "I'm not going to guarantee that people don't lose their jobs if if you don't win the division." That's hey. interesting. Well, I think I think anybody that runs a company has to say something like that because you want to say, "No, nah, we're not going to do anything different." So right. <laughs> it's you know just slacking off or whatever, but no, um, these guys, I mean, I'm sure these guys have thought about, you know, the, the all-star break is a time to step back and, and reflect on what you did the first half and what you can do better the second half, I guess. And I'm sure the guys had a good time with their families and this and that and got a nice, got a nice little break, but thought about, Hey, we gotta, we gotta pick things up a little bit and you know, let's go. Um, hopefully they come out with that attitude. Yeah. How come we never have meetings like that about doing like a morning podcast? Hey, we got to do a lot better than we're doing. I mean, you know. <laughs> Tell a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> come to Jesus meeting. Maybe someone can throw a bat, you know, across the room. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, you know, Tom, we really got to stop put- punching Steve Lombardozzi, okay? Let's, uh, <laughs> Wait, that's a daily, that daily speech we have with Tom. Uh, <laughs> poor Lombo gets his people. ass kicked. Preaching urgency. <laughs> Dan Glenn. Dan Glenn's a pretty tough guy too, isn't he? I mean, getting beat you know up. What? By... I don't think it was so much that Danny beat him up. I think I was I was impressed at Lombo because Danny was saying something to Lombo about whatever, and Lombo said, "Well, I don't like what you're what you're saying about me or whatever." And Lombo had the guts to literally go over to Danny's house and call him out. So uh, Lombo might have oh. been the uh, instigator of the whole thing because Lombo said, "Let's go, Danny." You know, he wasn't taking any crap from him. And it might have settled their difference. It settled their differences, apparently. By I'm envisioning like like the end of Lethal Weapon, where they're rolling around like for a half hour in the rain and yeah. beating the crap out of each other. That's kind of I what I, like Danny Danny's mullet blowing in the wind. His shoulder <laughs> dislocates. He's got to slam it up against the side yeah. of the trailer to pop it back in his place. Yeah, that's like the coolest move yeah. in movies is when they pop their shoulder back. Pop in. your shoulder back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, get John to the ballpark Gordon later on. <laughs> Oh, John yeah. Gordon sitting in the front yard doing play-by-play. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Touch them all! <laughs> oh, God, you're bringing back some great memories. That's all I have to say. Phenomenal <laughs> memories of being a Minnesota Twins fan. God. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they can give you some more one. memories here in the next two months because, uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like a I, I like the idea that they're, you know, they, keep, they always say, boy, if you get the playoffs, 
you got to have pitching. It, it helps, you know. Again, back to back to the ancient days and the antique days when I was playing, um, we didn't have a ton of pitching, but we had a couple. We had a couple guys that pitched really, really well, you know, like a Bly Levin and a Viola, or a Jack Morris and Scotty Erickson. We went real deep after that, but we had a couple good guys in the pen, you know, Lonnie Berenger, and and then we went to Reardon. Uh, we had Carl Willis in '91, and then we went to uh, Aggie. Um, we weren't loaded with pitching. We had good pitchers. We had to have good pitchers because we got to the playoffs. But um, I think it's it's a uh, the pitching. It definitely makes it a, a a big stink when it comes down to the playoffs. When you got those short series and and you you know you got to weasel everybody in there. It's it's a whole different story. And isn't that kind of why there's still a lot of hope this season too? Because if you at this point, who cares about winning ninety? You're not going to win 95 games, right? Unless unless you get crazy hot. But if you right, can go right. win 85 games, win the division by three games over Cleveland, and then run these starting pitchers out and run and run a closer out who throws 103 miles an hour at the yeah. end of games, right? Yeah. It, it, everything kind of shortens once you get to October. So just that that should be the motto here: just get in, just get yeah. into the postseason with this yeah. pitching. And hope that a Carlos Correa or a Buxton can kind of turn it around right. with the lineup, you know? Let's not worry about how the, what the Yankees, who cares what they're, you know. We, I had no idea what anybody else was. I didn't even know what the heck our record was back in 87. We only ended up winning 87 games, I guess, that year in the, during the season. I don't remember who was in second place and how many wins they had or who was in the Eastern uh, East Division and how many wins they had. I know the Tigers were good, but... I didn't know what they're, you know. We went and played the Tigers. We played them all season long, and and uh, they might have beat up on us, but uh, it's a whole different story when those when those playoffs start. And I know we've had a hard time beating the Yankees. That's very well documented. But uh, yeah, don't, don't, again, going back to worrying about yourself and worrying about your thing instead of worrying about what this team or that team are doing right. or what, you know. Kind of stay focused on your job at hand. Well, I understand that because being a morning guy and you know, doing a morning podcast, I give a rat's ass what anybody else is doing. What do I care? There you go. I don't care. You probably don't either, Tom, and that's perfect. Well, you've known me for about 40 years, so you know I don't give a damn about that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's true. That's very but you work. You work together. I think you work. everybody works together better if you're, if you're taking care and don't, you know, not sticking a knife in this guy's back or that guy's back. If you have a difference, iron it out. Go meet in the front yard at Danny Gladden's house and say, hey, let's square this. Let's get this figured out. Square they did. Up. Yeah, which yeah. two current twins do we want to fight before the second half of the oh, season? That's what we it. Let's yeah. just let's just go pick a couple guys. Oh. Hey, you, Joey Gallo, and uh, all right, Carlos Correa had to pick the Italian, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be Buxton because his bones are made of glass. Yeah. Figure that yeah, out. Yeah, no Buxton, no Royce Lewis. Keep those guys over here. You guys yeah, can. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get anybody hurt during this little melee. No. Uh, no, give them some yeah, thick I, boxing I gloves, maybe. Right. Are those sumo wrestling outfits that they use? They yeah, do, there you yeah, go. that you do at like bar mitzvahs. I don't even have to wear one of those. You know, those oh, nice. here we go. <laughs> here. Oh, I'm oh, in such rough shape. Okay, yeah. Eeyore. The, I, look, the, I, look, I look. You, you ought to see me with one of them ropes tied around me. 
good thing this is radio and not TV. It would be ugly. Just make sure we don't hold the uh, the, the Kent Herbeck sumo match in the foul territory on the first base side of Target Field. We don't want to have to resod the entire infield this That's time true. around. That would be phenomenal. Hey, was that a shot at me? I think that was. It was. It was a shot. You think okay. about that. I can say that because I'm, uh, I'm not in the same room. I don't have to worry about getting punched. Well, plus the fact you have to go, so he says it at the very end. Right. That's right. That's what I do. Light a match and walk out of the room. <laughs> I got to be up by 38, so I'm going to take a shot at Kent. <laughs> Next time, we'll go We'll go over uh, Tom Bernard's career uh, ratings above replacement uh, statistic. We'll see what that yeah. ratings above be. replacement. That's we got be... wins above replacement for uh, for baseball players. We need ratings above replacement for, uh, for radio people. Well. I think Tommy's proven himself very good, and this is not because I'm on Tommy's show, but Tommy's done a pretty good job on the radio. He's, like, been number one all over the world. so All over the world. I like that. It's well, got even better. You You're big you in do? Egypt, I'm told. How, yeah. can you, how can you beat that? So. Yeah, in Egypt, though, when they talk about my show, they go, that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas, thank you very much. Have a great right, weekend. Guys. You guys, you too. too. Have a good one. Bye. Uh, lucky again, man, picking up Herbeck and Phil Mackey to do this show every Friday is unbelievable. I love them. They're great. Uh, we don't have one asshole in this whole show. Let me think about that. Well, Bob. Uh, yeah, Sandy. I forgot about Sandy. Pick on the Italian again. I know. He's enough for two assholes. I love that, though, so much when you get Phil Mackey, uh, honky from Minnesota. Let's see. Who should fight? Oh, yeah, the Italian guy. <laughs> Joey Gallo. <laughs> Although he might be Spanish. You could be, Gallo could be Spanish or Italian. I don't know which one he is. No uh, idea. Well, but the original Joey Gallo, he was, uh, he was Italian mm. and was in the mob. So let's not make fun of that name, shall we? Herbeck has been in some fights. Oh, I remember one in particular that I talked to him about in person because he was on, I don't know where the hell he was going, but some guy thought Herbeck had cut him off or some damn deal. So he was all pissed off and he signaling Herbeck to pull over so he can get in a fist fight. And apparently when the guy walked up to Herbeck's car, Herbeck got out and kept getting out and kept getting out (laughs) and getting taller and taller and taller. And I guess the guy took a swing at him, so Herbeck had to punch him one time sure and i said how'd that work i mean why why'd that happen he goes oh, shit happens i love that <laughs> yeah and then he finished his bud light and got back in his car and <laughs> exactly. drove away no drinking there was none of that okay, no well, way oh you mean the guy who got knocked out sure yeah yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely yeah. uh maybe Perfect. a tylenol or two uh yeah i we, we this is the theme of the show i feel like is that those even keeled calm people when they get mad and herbeck is totally one of those it probably takes no a doubt. lot to get him mad yes. but when he's there people pay attention i would agree with you on that one i would not want to piss off kent herbeck he's a no sizable and, guy and like it's he seems so he's just so lovely i hate how much i love him well, he's, he's just, a great guy he's my one of my favorite parts of the show god the only guy that ever went after me was al newman i remember i was on the field at the old, uh, the, at the Metrodome, and I had said something on the air that Al Newman was all pissed off about. Where were you on the field? Like, where were you standing? Uh, right behind home plate. It was, oh. it was a, during warm. I used to go down there all the time. Matter of fact, they had me dress up in a twins uniform and do batting practice one year. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was pretty damn cool. That is so cool. I cannot tell you how much I suck doing that. Of course. I literally had a ground ball come to me in center field, and it went right between my legs. And it was an easy ground ball. Oh, like, did you have to, besides that, though, did you have to actually hit? 
Oh, like, yeah. Because I don't think I would want to make contact with those pitches. Well, I'll tell you what. I, the, the one story about that, Ron Davis was pitching to me one time. And I buy, he throws right, I bat right. Yeah. He threw a ball that was coming right at my head. Nope. So I bailed out. Yeah. The ball ended up about two, three feet outside. Oh, it wouldn't come anywhere near my head. That was like one of those mortifying curveballs that yes. makes you look like such <laughs> yeah. a baby. You like, like a fool. Yeah. yeah. My buddy Aaron Nelson threw a ball right at my head, and I jumped back. This was like in the middle of a Little League game, and right. I jumped back, and all of a sudden I hear the ump go, strike? <laughs> it's like, mortifying. What, 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 what do you mean strike? And they were like, I was like, that's impossible. They're like, no, that was right over the plate, man. That that ball dove like nine inches. Oh, what yeah. kind of witchcraft yeah. is this? It is, is what witchcraft. I I would be You're so. Right. I have, I have such an aversion now. I mean, my twenties, I didn't care, but it, now to getting hurt, like yeah. I have such an aversion to getting hurt. I don't care even if I know it's going to curve. If I see a ball going that fast at my head, oh. bye. You ever been hit by a ball? I imagine at some oh, point, God, yeah. It hurts. I don't think badly. My sister got a bad when when we were playing with uh, my brother and his friend. She got a bad one to the thigh, and the colors that that made. Were, oh yeah. I got hit right in the left hip, the front of my left hip, on a line shot. I was pitching over by the Lorenz house, over there across the street. Line shot hit me right in the front of my left hip. I cannot tell you how much that hurt. Mm -hmm. Hip pain. I'd never had hip pain in my life until I was oh. pregnant. Hip pain is terrible. And nothing, yeah, you're right. Oh. It, is, it is really, really bad. You, you can't even lay down because it just throbs. You know, do you think we should just basically, after like you know another 17 minutes, just fold it up and say, look... Shows can't get any better than that. Why don't we just give it up? That's a, I've been trying to retire since I was like 25, well, so there I love that. <laughs> so there you go. Exactly right. No, I do love the fact that the guests are getting better and better. And we've had great guests from the start, don't get me wrong. The guests are getting better and better. Shows are getting better and better, and that's, that's how it's supposed to be. To sit still and not want to get better is not something I could ever do. I just, yeah. Unless I suck at something, then I don't want to get any better. Don't you feel very lucky to be a, at a point in your career, and you've probably been here for a while, that you get to decide if you want to keep doing something or not? Like yeah. It has to be fun. It has to be or interesting, or it has to be worth doing. Hey, listen, when I was talking to Kenny yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ouchie. <laughs> Hey. Oh, that one still hurts, you guys. Ouchie. Kenny from Spokane FD. <laughs> it's Spokane it's so FD, ladies and gentlemen. Tacoma. I literally so great. beat myself up. And man, did I spend some money at the Nordstrom anniversary sale to try to fill that out joint. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Justin. And it's still, there's, you know, it's still an ouchie. Well, Kenny, you know, Steve and Kenny calling in yesterday. Now, I thought yesterday's show was terrific. I think the shows are getting better and better, and I really, really do, because they're much more relaxed. I'm sorry, but I listen outside the market to some of these shows that go on. Everybody talks like this. Hey, this is really funny. It's like, why are you yelling at me? Yeah. Stop yelling at me. I'm listening to the radio or podcast or whatever. Calm down. These shows have been great. They're very conversational. We like conversational, don't we? We do, but we are, uh, me and Priscilla, who's our ne my next-door neighbor, big listener, we were talking about it last night. We're really annoyed that we keep picking up your verbiage, and literally she was, her two kids were fighting. She said, can't everybody just calm down? <laughs> calm down. And they're like, we think you're listening to Tom Bernard too much. Like, they have, they That's not possible. To, that's, oh, yeah, okay. Say, sorry, Priscilla, keep listening. Indeed. Matter of fact, we got to take a break because Timmy Lammers will join us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show.
You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. We've been hearing about the new technology offered at Twin Cities Premier Health for the treatment of ED. It's one of those topics that can get uncomfortable to talk about, but the truth is, if new technology can improve your life by treating the root cause of most erectile dysfunction, why wouldn't we want to talk about it? Look, I've been going there for, I think I'm on my sixth treatment this week. Things go very well. It takes about 10, 15 minutes. not a big deal at all. It's a non-invasive, non-surgical, highly effective science-based procedure that creates an increase in blood flow and helps create new blood vessels by treating the root cause of most erectile dysfunction. If, like so many of my listeners, you aren't interested in continuing to take a pill to create a pharmaceutically induced erection and wipe all the spontaneity out, Reach to the Twin Cities Premier Health like I did and right now receive this special offer. A free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. This is valued at $800, 952-395-4346. That's my unique phone number, 952-395-4346 for their office. Or go to TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Be sure to tell them Tom Bernard sent you. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... Timmy Lammers brought to you by Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Timmy. Tommy, I'm going to go with the welfare radio approach because you said, you hear people talking like this all the time. Oh, my God. The people yelling at each other. On, <laughs> would you calm down for Christ's sake? Relax. They're still in the hay man and Catman in the morning. Catman in the morning, man. K A T Radio. No, you spelled it with a C, though, didn't you? Catman. Catman. Matter of fact, somebody just sent me a picture of that, and I can't remember why they sent me a picture of it, but it was. Oh, it was because apparently it was the anniversary of the death of Mesa Kincaid, oh. who was on the morning show with me. Wow. Yeah, Cat and Kincaid was the name of that. That was the. Oh, okay. That yeah, might there have been a couple a of years ago. Uh, our friend uh, Jay Philpot, you know, keeps up with the Twin Cities <clears throat> radio stuff. Where is he now? He actually is. Is he? Uh, uh, you know, he lost his job with Cumulus, and now he's with uh, Cumulus Minneapolis. I won't name where, mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently he's running some Cumulus stations in Wisconsin. Cumulus doesn't have any radio stations in Wisconsin. Yeah, do apparently they? they do. Because oh, maybe they do now. Yeah, they might have bought. Yeah, them. they do now. Yeah, so good for him. I mean, Jay's a good guy, and uh, you know, very talented. So, <clears throat> yeah, he posted that on his Facebook page, and uh, the Twin Cities Radio people past and present page, which is where I saw the Catman picture and heard some old Catman audio. So Catman, Catman, baby. So. I heard you talking about having a couple guests on yesterday before we get started with the movie review. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be it for a while for you and I, Tommy I know, and Brittany I and Rudy. 
because the Screen Actors Guild strike forbids guests, I shouldn't say guests, actors from promoting their work in interviews, red carpets, social media, etc., etc., etc. So that, that kind of sucks for us. Well, the problem you know? I have with it is we just had a couple of really good people on, several really good people on, and now it's going to be a while again. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, this happened to me yesterday, and I'm lucky. <clears throat> I talked to the guy in January, but I was supposed to interview Nicolas Cage again yesterday. Oh, I loved interviewing him. Yeah, man. He, he's got a movie called Sympathy for the Devil coming out at the end of the month with Joel Kinnaman, who's a terrific actor. Uh, was in Altered Carbon on Netflix, and uh, The Killing was an AMC show. Great actor. Love him. I, I was yep, actually I almost agree. more excited about talking with him than Nick because I've talked with Nicolas Cage before, but I uh, got an email in the morning. They said, because of the pending strike. Sorry. You know, and we had him on, talks, what was, was it called? Ghost Rider? Was that the name of yeah. the, those two shows? Yeah. yeah. Directed First, by Minnesotan Mark Stephen Johnson, by the way. Oh, well, there, maybe that's why he was on, on the KQ Morning Show with me, because he came on live and was just terrific. Yeah. Could that guy have more first names? Holy crap. Mark Stephen Johnson? Yeah. Well, there's a reason they do that, because there probably was a Mark Johnson, Johnson yeah. already oh, registered sure. with the Directors Guild. Yeah. So sure. that's why you get that. You know, people with the three names. They're not trying to sound all fancy schmancy like the Charles Emerson Winchester on MASH or anything. They're just, that's just the way they got to do it. So, well, William H. Macy. There's a William Macy already, so you had to go by William H. Macy. So, oh, my favorite. Yeah, you know, this, I'm sure you talked about it with Kristen, but this Screen Actors Guild thing, man, it's going to get really, really ugly. I, it's going to go along for a long time. Going to go on for a long time, Timmy. I think so. I mean, the way it's looking at it, the studios don't want to talk about the two principal issues, or, well, at least the studios and the streamers, because the streamers apparently don't want to pay residuals, yeah. and the studios are hung up on this AI thing. And uh. the one proposal was, let's scan the faces of background extras. We'll pay them for one day, and then we will be able to use their likeness for the rest of time Oh, and not pay them. Yeah, but see, that's not good. How did that ever happen? I don't know, man, but I'm not making this up. There's a there's a tweet that I saw. Fran Drescher standing next to a guy, a union representative for SAG, and he was talking about it, man. And they thought, oh, this is a game changer. This is groundbreaking. Yeah, groundbreaking how to ruin. What about if one of those extras were to become famous one day? Do they own them so they can use them yeah. for anything they want? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, oddly enough, artificial intelligence is at the center. I mean, talk about timing with Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Um, kind of sort of the same as Indiana Jones. They, they were looking for two halves of the Dial of Destiny. Well, here, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, is looking for two separate halves of a key. When put together, is the only thing to control this uh, AI program called the Entity which has become self-aware, which is a global threat. Uh, the problem is there's somebody that serves that entity that wants to get that key. So that doesn't happen. So the entity can still be doing whatever it wants. But there are other governments, too, that want to get this key because it's like, hey, man, if I can control the rest of the globe with this device, hell, I'm going to do it, too. So, uh, you know, it's it's just... The timing is impeccable because that's all we've been hearing about lately is AI. 
Um, right, and this exactly. is more in the dangerous manner. I mean, you know, this whole thing with James Cameron and the Terminator in 1984, he was on to something, man. You know, there's yeah. no question about it. These yeah. machines becoming self-aware. And, you know, obviously to a lesser degree, the way that um, entities like studios could use it to replicate the images of actors and use those actors' images for the rest of the time if they wanted to. So, you know, two totally different things. So, you know, it's it, it, so you get this internet gobbledygook, this, you know, all this computer lingo and all that stuff. That's about the only confusing part of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Other than that, the action is so spectacular, Tom. This motorcycle jump thing that they were teasing, you know, which Cruz did. You know, you're thinking, okay, that's going to be the big stunt to open the film because usually they tease that big stunt and that's just the beginning. It's not at the beginning, but it is only one of many moments that'll just, your jaw will drop. I mean, it's just that amazing. There's a runaway train sequence in this film. There are things in this sequence that I have never seen before. And that's an incredibly tough thing to do when you have decades upon decades upon decades of runaway train sequences. So I got to hand it to Cruz, man. I mean, he really puts everything out there. He really does care about the audiences that he, you know, he doesn't want them to say, ah, that's fake. No, no, man, this guy puts himself out there. And I really do admire him for that. You know that I've talked about this before. I think he, without question, is the greatest action star ever. He really is. Yeah. I mean, you know. No, I know exactly sorry, what you. I, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's uh, it's well worth seeing. Tom, two hours and forty three minutes. Why? Holy Christ! Why? That's how long it took to make the movie as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You know what? They actually already have Dead Reckoning Part Two. They've done. They're done with filming. Although it will be interesting to see how this uh, uh, Screen Actors Guild after strike affects that second film because now it means no more no reshoots no adr you know no voiceover no any partition whatsoever participation whatsoever with the actors so yeah this is just a setup i have to say you know sandy and i were talking about this earlier uh that first mission impossible movie in 1996 was confusing as all hell to me Mm, i don't know why that was but everything to through this film number seven Cruz delivers the goods every time, man. And and I think that they're getting better and better. I think I loved the last, well, there was Ghost Protocol, uh, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. I mean, just great films, great stunts, you know, doing 25,000 feet, a halo jump from 25,000 feet in one case, hanging off a cargo plane in the next, hanging off a tower in Dubai. I mean, this guy goes to the ends of the earth to entertain us. And and that's why I love this movie. Nine out of ten, baby. Wow. On the Lamb of Me. Really? Nine out of ten? Yeah, yeah. You know, you think, okay, you, 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 how many impossible missions can this guy get involved right. in? It's like Bruce, Bruce uh, right. uh, Willis and Die Hard. How many bad days can this guy have? But <laughs> He kept running into trouble. You know, I know that. Bad he, luck. he does belong yes. to the Im- impossible mission force, so that's his job, I guess. I suppose. Everything else good? Yeah. Um, I'm only going to review a segment of a streaming program on Netflix. There is a series called Black Mirror, 
which is a oh, Twilight yeah. Zone yeah. Outer yep. Limits sort of series. Yep. Season six just just started, and again, talk about impeccable timing. Um, it, it, it addresses the use of a studio, or in this case, a streamer, a Netflix-like streamer, mm-hmm. getting the likeness rights to Selma Hayek to use any way they want in a film. Really? And, and they use her in a film. It also has to do with the way an app, for example, Streamberry it's called, but it's basically Netflix. I mean, same interface, everything. How they get your information, because you don't look at the dotted line that you're clicking the X for, um, and how basically they can mine your data and build a show around you, your life, without your consent, God. and do anything with, that they want with it. So this this addresses a couple major things, and, A, with the Screen Actors Guild thing, but B, with just us. Yeah, and uh, we sign, et cetera. The uh, sister from Schitt's Creek is the in yes, that one. Yes, oh, she is the person that their Joan is awful is the name of the episode. Who always goes, she ooh, David, ooh, ooh, and, David. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, she she is this person who's not very likable. She belongs to this company. She's a hatchet person for the higher ups and fires people, et cetera, et cetera. So they start following her life. She goes home, turns on this show. Joan is awful. God, Salma Hayek looks like me, same hair, et cetera. Basically they replay the, the events of her day, firing a person, being an awful person, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, how can you do this? She goes to her lawyer and she says, well, when you clicked on that app, if you didn't read the bottom line, they can mine your data. And what do we carry around all the time? We carry our phones yep, around all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're listening to us. And there's a reason that you talk about getting picking up some shavers today and all of a sudden seeing uh, a commercial for shavers pop up online in front of you. So, again, man, this is the timing for these two, this show and this film are just impeccable this week. So if you want uh, AI to scare the shit out of you, Tune into both Mission Impossible 7 and uh, Black Mirror. Joan is awful. And luckily, they're only seven and a half hours long. Jesus. <laughs> right? Good well, but the Joan is awful is less than an hour. So, but, they're uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. I mean, very entertaining. And, and again, it's kind of getting to the frightening point now, though. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. this AI thing is very real, and somebody's got to stop it. And, again, the, 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 the studios apparently want to implement it. Because they want to save money. Because they're talking about the money all the time. Talking about the money all the time. I told you I don't have any money. <laughs> I don't have any money. That was one quick of my favorites. Quick plug. Bob Sansvier and I. Uh, Tim and Bob's excellent adventure at the movies. Uh, excellent movie adventures. Tim and Bob's excellent movie adventures is a new podcast. Mm-hmm. You can download it at Spreaker.com. Of course, you know you know that guy Sansevier, right? No, I don't think so. No, I never, never heard, heard of him. him. Price, so. Never heard of the guy. Our, our kind sponsor is, is Michael Bryant, who, of course, sponsors me here as well. So big thanks to Michael. So please check that out as well, where you can hear Bob and I blather on about movies. Sounds good, Pally. We will talk to you next week. Excellent. Tim, before you leave, can you just stay on the line? I want to test your mic. It sounds a little off, so I want to make sure that we got you going for okay. next week. So why don't, All right. yeah, why don't yeah, you hang good, out for a little yeah. bit, bud? Yeah, that'd be awesome. All Thank right, you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Marvelous. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Lammers, brought to you by Michael Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant, MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com. That's MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com. We'll talk to you next week on the show. See you, bud.